Hi, this is Sohan. And this is Laura. And we're very excited to be bringing you our very first episode on You Don't Look Like an Engineer. In today's episode, we're discussing one of our most favorite subjects. The concept pretty much entails everything I think that we're most passionate about on this topic. I couldn't be happier to talk about this. It's actually about myths about women in STEM careers. But first of all, what is STEM, Sohan? Please enlighten us. So we keep us. talking about STEM, uh, as I'm sure you're all wondering. STEM pretty much is an acronym for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So that's pretty much where the E in you don't look like an engineer comes from. So this topic is actually very important because there's so many negative and limiting beliefs that we have in our unconscious about what women should or shouldn't do in this industries or what we should know and shouldn't know. So let's just get into the subject and let's discuss what are the actual myths and what are the actual facts of this. All right, so myth number one is that girls are not good at mathematics. How many times have we heard that? This actually hits home because when I was in high school, believe it or not, guys, one of my teachers uh, was like, hey, I don't think you should consider any like numerical careers just because your numerical skills aren't good enough and I was only like 16 at the time when I had that it really put me off studying an engineering related subject I wanted to study biomedical engineering at the beginning before doing civil and I was like maybe I should think about it twice I was a little bit scared by what he said so I pretty much decided to rethink that and consider other careers that's and honestly like Oh, I didn't know that that happened to you, but that story pretty much makes you the perfect case study for what we're about to talk about, because that's exactly the kind of attitude that has been found to have affected uh, fem- females' perception of mathematics and definitely then affected their ability, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, there's been a lot of studies that have been done. And uh, up until the age of five, young girls are as passionate and as uh, capable in their mind that they could do anything science and mathematics related. But then at the age of six, that suddenly changes. And five and six are like such young ages. Why Mm. would this be such a big deal, you know? Mm. And it's this sort of behavior. So for example, Singapore is one of the top five countries in PISA, acronym Queen. So PISA is the program for international student assessment. They say pretty much is that the female and male students perform equally in mathematics. Which goes to show that in the right environment and um, with the right teaching, uh, girls can be the world leaders in mathematics as well. If maths was actually a biological ability, like maybe strength and speed, more on that later, um, uh, then, you know, this, the sort of trend, even if it's just Singapore and it's not just Singapore, which we will discuss later, we wouldn't see this trend over time and over space, like geographically and in history. Like mm-hmm. we would definitely see boys consistently being much better at mathematics than girls, which is not the case, actually. So a big part of this, I think, definitely is representation. And we're going to keep talking about this R word because it's so freaking important. Yeah, it actually is is actually the root of various problems in the STEM careers um, decision making I guess exactly and like young girls like I don't don't know if everyone can think back to when they were studying science and maths who are the the uh, mathematicians and scientists you've been taught about Newton um, Einstein Euclid you know all these people men you know and that doesn't mean to say that this is not to um, support the argument that men are better this actually is simply the fact that there have been plenty of female mathematicians they just haven't been 
exposed to us exactly right yeah exactly. i don't think i ever was like told um about any like female mathematicians yeah. when i was in school there's some incredible names out there who yeah. have been you know amazing engineers amer- amazing mathematicians we just don't hear about it unfortunately because it's a male dominated industry yeah we're not trying to have a go at men before you guys think otherwise we just want to clear things up and make you understand that it's just a career that should be chosen regardless of your gender and regardless of your numerical skills another 2011 study by the trends in international mathematics and science study was had found that there was no significant difference in math scores of australian young boys and girls in year uh, between year four and eight and also they found that the same trend was shown in up to 13 different countries yeah yeah so that's 13 different countries where girls and boys are really good at math and there's no boys being better than girls so what are these 13 countries doing right and this is how my experience is linked to all of this when girls or like just anyone is placed in the right environment what happens we grow and we learn and we absorb Basically, these studies have found out that gender disparities in drive, motivation, and self-belief play a significant role in determining differences in male versus female mathematics performance. So I guess, um, probably conversely to your own experience, um, I grew up in Bangalore, which is, you know, India has a big focus on science and mathematics. So I guess the environment I was in when I was exposed to math had none of that uh, gender disparity, to be honest. we were killing it in the classes just love that queen and so i can relate to the while it sounds very simple that you know oh someone told you you're not good at something how could you let that affect you well you're pretty young too exactly formative phases of a child and to be honest what i've learned basically being in that environment is that maths is a repetition game i guess the solution here is not to be propagating these stereotypes but actually creating an environment where we support girls and boys equally to be able to pursue mathematics because it's a repetition game at the end of the day. Yeah, Repetition makes the master. So there's got nothing to do with biological predisposition towards it in any way, shape or form. Yeah, we need to adopt like education practices that encourage girls to feel more comfortable and confident in engaging with these like physics and math subjects. Like we should be teaching students to persevere and we should create a mistake-friendly environment that provides learning outcomes. Oh, definitely. I mean, we have so much more to talk about that. Just to f- bust this myth, definitely not true. Boys are math better as has no math. gender. Yeah, exactly. Myth number two, Laura. This is actually my favorite one, and it's really connected to what we were talking about before. So... It says, most women are disinterested in careers in engineering, physics, and ICT. And ICT being information, communication, and technologies. So pretty much the myth is stating that because um, we've been seeing a continual underrepresentation in physics, uh, say about 22% globally, uh, engineering about 14%, mathematics sits at 35%, and ICT at a very low 13%. Um, pretty much what we often hear being said uh, to, you know, to explain why there's a low representation of women in these industries is that women are simply not interested. But why is that we aren't interested? 
Interest in an occupation is actually influenced by many factors, including a belief that one can succeed in that occupation. And like, let's take the example of Lau when she was 15, I seem like me speaking in third person. I was told I wasn't going to be successful. Therefore, my immediate reaction to that comment was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't actually pursue that career. I was actually agreeing with the teacher. I was like, yeah, might as well just not do it. Because who likes to put themselves through uh you know a path of failure like if you if you've been told you're gonna fail like why would you do it to yourself exactly but if you think this sounds too utopian and uh a bit you know just fairy tales oh we just need to change people's perception and then things will be fine that's actually not the case looking at global numbers we can completely find that this changing people's perception and allowing them to feel like they are able to do this yields proper results So if you look at China, 40% of the engineers are women. And similar to Malaysia, 44% are seen to be women. And if you look in the former USSR, they had about 58%, that is more than half, were women. And it's not that uh, anything is particularly different in terms of the women's abilities. I mean, I'm sure they're not producing women superhumans. So Mm. it's definitely got to do with the environment. And... It's so sad that in contrast, in Australia, we only have about 14% of women who are in engineering. Yeah, so, and I think it's like a 20% around the world. Like, yeah, so what are we doing We are wrong? such a little percentage out there. And I feel like a lot has to do with, you know, these stereotypes. The research is pretty much saying, and as we're talking about identity and um, representation, the research concurs. It states that the three main influences for any student to be choosing STEM is their identity, their perceived ability, and that has a lot to do with the stereotypes as Mm. Lao's teacher so nicely threw upon her, and their aspirations, their personal aspirations. Yeah. Um, So in saying that, my example, by the way, I eventually obviously realized by myself that that wasn't a good enough reason for me not to choose an engineering degree. In actuality, mathematics is not the only skill you should be good at to become an engineer or to consider becoming or choosing a, you know, a science related field. There's so many other skills that you have to develop, like problem solving, communication skills, everything else that is not numerical like related. And I just want to say also that for people out there thinking like, oh, but just like move on, brush it off, brush the comment off. Well, not really, because it was actually a very important stage in my development. Those teenage years are so important for a person to sort of like create an identity for themselves. And if we have limiting comments like this, we pretty much do something like confirmation bias. We, if we see that, um, okay, someone said to you, you aren't good at that, and then you try it, and then you fail then obviously that belief is just going to get stronger and stronger and you're just gonna build that way of thinking like I wasn't set up for math. I remember like countless of times when I was in university when I was like, oh, I'm just not too good at math. But that I stopped saying that and I stopped reinforcing that belief because I was like, okay, I am actually just a normal person because I was succeeding all the subjects. It's not that I wasn't doing it. And I decided to choose an engineering degree. I was like, okay, I, I have what it takes to be an engineer. It's just that I have to completely change the way I'm talking about myself in this scenario. And I think that's really important. 
for people out there. 100%. <laughs> so that is myth number two busted. Busted. The third one here, which is really interesting also, is the gender pay gap does not exist. And I actually can't believe that there is still people out there that say this and don't really read stuff about the gender gap. So there is an actual pay gender gap, not just in this industry. Dun, <laughs> don't dun, even dun, get me started. Big surprise. But <laughs> there is. And it's almost preposterous, I think, to still be saying that the gender pay gap doesn't exist in the face of all the evidence that it does, to be honest. Um, and I guess a general acceptance that this myth exists has been that, oh, after women become um, carers and mothers, then they generally tend to be less involved in the industry and therefore the lower um, pay becomes evident later on in their career. But, big but here, that's not what the data has suggested. So there's actually strong evidence that refutes the myth. Yeah, and pretty much we will get into all of that in a minute. But first, we probably just need to, I guess, quantify what is this gender pay gap looking like in Australia? In Australia, it's about 16.2% and has honestly never even gone below 15%. So we've always had at least a minimum of 15% of a difference between men and women's pays. So yes, if we're going to bring the part-time work card, yes, more women than men work part-time in STEM fields, but the wage pay gap is still persists once this is accounted for. And another part of the gender pay gap, I think, as um, most of you may or may not be aware, is that, you know, women generally have tended to work in lower paid professions. So not like, you know, the very high earning professions like lawyers and doctors. And it's, it's generally been lower professions that women have been involved in. And while you might think that that answers the question, no, no, it does not. It still does not account for why the gender pay gap exists because um, it's been typically found that as men have been moving into more traditionally female-dominated professions like nursing, the male salaries and status levels actually rise above that of the female salaries. Mm. So not only is there a gender pay gap in... um, you know the higher male-dominated industries as they infiltrate into female-dominated industries they still get paid more there's a range of factors that contribute to this gender pay gap these include under evaluation of skills in industries and areas where women predominate and gender bias which is really really sad both unconscious and conscious like for example the women don't know math that's a very unconscious bias that we should all unlock and heal (laughs) i'm not joking and also the fact that women tend to work in lower paid professions why is that because we didn't have access to fucking works you know what i mean like seriously we as women got introduced to all this in or were allowed actually not got introduced we started getting allowed to work in industries such as like law engineering and all of this way later than men did exactly and that's something that we have to say and put out there and also regarding the maths we were like given access to education way later than men and those are transgenerational traumas that we have to deal with as women it's not that we just made this stuff up so there was a study that is probably going to explain a lot of how much of an unconscious bias we have in our brain um in 2012 there was this job position available and two candidates a male and a female applied with their identical cv 
The only difference between this were their names, so female and male name. And the male was deemed to be more competent at the profession, at the job, just because he had a male name. He was offered a higher salary just because he had a male name. The funny thing is that the outcome was made the same regardless of whether the assessor was female or male. So we both, female and males, have this unconscious bias embedded in our brains. So how do we fix this? Because now that we have the information, now that we are aware, we can create some change. You know, awareness is actually useless without action. So let's get into this. What's next for us? Let's identify the reasons why pay inequality exists. So as we said, we already know that we have some unconscious bias. So next time that someone makes a comment that is a little bit, you know, not appropriate, call it out politely, but do it. So addressing the, um, the gender pay gap is step one, but it definitely it opens the door to encourage all employers to comply with, you know, uh, bodies like the Fair Work Ombudsman. And that can involve things like, you know, your remuneration policy to be transparent, you know, and between grades so that people have a general general better idea of, you know, who should be earning what at what stage in their um, career. And that's not to say that we're going to be, you know, forcing people to do that or encouraging organizations in any way. But like it's food for thought, you know, it would be a lot of a more equal environment if things like these were put into place. So those are our four myths completely busted. Um, Definitely easily could spend a lot more time in them, but on a high level, I think these are the major myths that are surrounding women in the STEM industry. And we've tried to pretty much go through and try to uncover at least on the surface level as to why these have no basis, to be honest. So to conclude this wonderful and informative episode, women are not biologically less capable or less interested in STEM than men. The problem of this um, gender imbalance is not impossible to solve. And there's a lot of systemic biases that have been limiting the range of careers or the depth of a career of women and essentially then the careers that they aspire to have. And these biases have come into effect quite at an early age that have impacted young girls and then just gone on and affected them as women in the industry. So while these are easily fixable, they need to be solved earlier on in young girls' lives and it's definitely doable so yeah and i think it's important to also um consider that once we identify these limiting beliefs that we have because of society um you know the unconscious bias that we're speaking about it's important to approach this with a mindset of growth there's so many like limiting beliefs that you're going to face and it's up to you whether you're going to take it as you know, as a fact, or whether you're going to challenge it and change the perspective and change the narrative. Yes, I am not great at math. However, well, that's not the only fucking skill I need to thrive in the engineering sector, you know? Just, yeah, uh, I feel like we we just have to keep encouraging our women and our girls to to just give it a go and try it. And to understand that the first thing someone tells you even if they pass a comment at your skill, is not actual fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is someone's opinion. opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's just an opinion. And an opinion can't then go on and decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Exactly right. You should challenge it and, and be like, okay, I actually have to make that decision myself. It's not for you to design my fucking career. 
no mum, no dad, no teacher, nobody. (laughs) And on that positive note... We that just concludes the segment. This a party episode, and we couldn't be happier. And yeah, we hope you like it. And please um, let us know what you think, what you would like to uh, see coming up. If you would like to actually learn a little bit more about a myth in a specific, we're happy to do so. So yes, please just ask us away any questions that you have. Oh, yeah. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. Bye.